Hey everybody, welcome back. My name is Bubba and you're listening to Coffee Break, where we go over the week's most interesting coffee industry related news, podcasts, and resources. Uh, The goal here is to handpick three solid stories for you, um, a couple really good podcasts that I find, usually no more than three, and any additional like events or resources that I find that may uh, be interesting to you. Um, In addition to the weekly one, I'm going to start producing more content uh, specific, maybe some interviews with some people, some local coffee shops, uh, maybe some people in the coffee industry. If there's anything you want me to cover or uh, produce or create, let me know uh, in the comments below. Cool, let's go ahead and get into it. And the first article that I want to talk about is actually about Todd Carmichael. If you're familiar with Todd Carmichael, he is the CEO of La Colombe. He'll be stepping down to focus on water. If you're watching on YouTube, this is the guy right here. Um, he also, the article talked about, it's a kind of a little bit of a half bio and then half kind of what he's working on with water. This is a picture, if you're again watching on YouTube, a picture of his family and the kids that he adopted in Africa. Uh, if you're not familiar with the TV show, I believe it's on the Travel Channel called Dangerous Grounds, where he goes and um, searches for coffee and all these kind of crazy dangerous environments. It's a really interesting show. Uh, but... Uh, Part of the bio talks about how he, his whole life is focused on trying to find, do things the hard way. It kind of says here, uh, uh, one thing that he said, he said even as a kid he recognized that if he uh, took the hard way, the hard road, uh, rather, in any decision, he wouldn't uh, be competing with as many people. Um, Then he said uh, once he achieves something he wants, his perception of the thing itself changes in a fundamental way. So he's always growing, he's always challenging himself. Um, and this is his partner, Ula Cologne, scrolling down. Okay, this is actually the facility that he built out that he's focusing on. Um, a lot of it's like carbonated water, different textures and mouthfeels, like being able to naturally um, again, carbonate water. Uh, what he's able to achieve right now is, a, what he's saying, really pillowy uh kind of mouthfeel with the water and slightly sweet it's pretty interesting uh, they are currently producing and selling his current version of the water that he's developed on the east coast uh, with plans to expand here on the west coast very curious to try this i'm going to try to look online see if i could buy some um yeah water who would have thought pretty trippy uh but i mean even with water with coffee you know like the better water you have uh while extracting coffee you'll be able to extract um more uh, and better flavor out of it and textures out of it uh, compared to just regular tap water uh yeah that's a whole other subject but yeah todd uh, todd carmichael dude's doing big things the next story uh, talks about a bunch of little coffee shops opening up in new york called blank street um, they landed a deal, $25 million, opened up a whole bunch. Uh, these guys here, if you're looking on YouTube, these are one of the uh, build-outs that they have. This is more of like the mobile coffee shop. And then they also have smaller brick-and-mortar stores, which are about one-quarter the size of a regular coffee shop. Um, they opened their first one in August of 2020, I believe, and now they have about 14 locations spread across uh, New York, the first one being in Brooklyn. Um, really 
interesting. Uh, the owners got the idea, um, and they're inspired by grab-and-go coffee and tea chain brands such as Kopi Kenigan in Indonesia and Hey Tea in China. Um, it says uh, whose rapid growth was made possible in part by relatively small or tiny retail locations. So we don't really have anything like that here in the Bay Area. Um, so I'm really curious to see if they are successful because this is something, uh, or at least an idea that maybe uh, somebody else could take on here on the West Coast. The next one is actually an extra story. It talks about a new brand identity being launched for Guatemalan coffees. It reminded me a lot of the Colombian coffee stuff back in the day when I was a kid and all of the um, marketing and commercials that were made. I actually have one I wanted to show you real quick. This is actually the commercial that I remember watching growing up. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen it. I just wanted to share it with you. Uh, a lot of memories. More and more people are waking up to Juan Valdez and his 100% Colombian coffee. And so can you. Buenos dias. Just look for Juan on the label when you're shopping. You can't miss him. 100% Colombian coffee. The richest coffee in the world. But yeah, here are some of their new logos, some of their new font. Uh, some of the new marketing they have here says, join us for Guat's next, like Guatemala. A picture of a bunch of flowers coming out of a coffee cup, Guatemala coffees. Yeah, really curious to see how this takes off and if they're able to uh, increase any uh, revenue and sell more coffee from Guatemala. And the first podcast pick of the week is from Coffee Runs Deep. Uh, the podcast is titled, Starting a Coffee Roastery from the Ground Up. The interviewee was Rich Stone with Memoir Coffee. He details what it takes, or what it took rather, to build his coffee roastery from the ground up. All the money that's involved, all the time and energy and effort that he put in, how long it took, a lot of the challenges that he faced on the way up. Good conversation, really good information if you uh, have been thinking about maybe building out your own roastery in the future. I'll put the links to the podcast in the show notes. The next podcast that I want to recommend is a pretty big one. It was the Global Coffee Town Hall hosted uh, by Map It Forward, moderated by Lisa Farr and Madeline Longoria Garcia. It started with the question, what needs to change in the coffee industry? Really solid conversation. You know, went from one topic to another, but a couple of the main points I remember getting from the event itself is uh, people were talking about integrity and contracts and defaulting. A lot of stuff happening about producers or roasters defaulting on contracts that they have. Uh, another question that was brought up or topic was who is responsible for letting consumers know of cost changes. So a, a lot of coffee in and of itself is actually still relatively cheap. Uh, but the cost to produce is pretty high. Very interesting to see that the price of you know, your cup of coffee in your local store hasn't gone up much when it, it essentially it should. It needs to be able to pay for a lot of these wages uh, and uh, pay for uh, really a lot of just the hands that coffee goes through uh, on the way to it being produced. There was talk about potentially getting together and funding a group to lobby like Congress and such for coffee specific needs and the like. They talked about what tech is needed to be able to simplify the processes within the coffee supply chain from beginning to end. They did mention that a lot of these farmers and producers actually have a lot of systems in place already to reduce the overall costs and overhead. 
and to be more efficient with their use of land and their space. They talked about how coffee shops, in order to increase their revenue, are increasing the prices on other items outside of coffee, like pastries and stuff like that. And also touched on the marketing piece of coffee and trying to come up with a plan or idea or something to help create uh, more digestible messages for consumers in regards to adding value into what they are buying coffee-wise to justify increasing the cost compared to what they're currently having to pay. Really good conversation. The two hours went by really fast. If you have the time to check it out, definitely go ahead and check it out. I'll post the link as well in the show notes. And a big event coming up here on the West Coast, if you're in the area, uh, is the San Francisco Coffee Festival, November 13th and 14th. I know I plan to be there. They seem to have a lot of things going on, a whole bunch of vendors, a lot of people producing a lot of coffee, a lot of different things happening, a lot of events, a lot of speakers. Uh, if you have the time uh, to be there, cool. You can buy tickets. I'll put the link to the tickets uh, in the show notes. And if you're there and you see me, go ahead and say hi. I always love to meet new people in the industry. And the last big event that's happening right now is a 2022 Roaster of the Year. This is specifically talking about the micro category. So the three finalists this year are Big Island Coffee Roasters in Hawaii, uh, Little Waves Coffee Roasters in Durham, North Carolina, and Rabbit Hole Roasters in Quebec, Canada. One of the most uh, fun things to do in coffee is to try how other people's coffee to see how they roast in their style. So if you have the time, go ahead and check out their websites. You can go ahead and pick anything up from any of the roasters online. Cool. Well, that's all we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed the information. If you have any recommendations or suggestions on things that you would like to have uh, seen me produce or do or cover, please let me know in the comment section below. Hit that like button so that we can get our channel in front of more people if you're able to. And hit the subscribe button to get notified of any of the most recent drops that we may have in the near future. Cool. All right. Till next time, you have a good day and good weekend.